Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 12 of Brave X Empower, a podcast that discusses gender inequality and bullying in STEM. I'm your host, Michaela Pellerin. Today we have another guest speaker joining us, Emily. Welcome. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. We are so happy to have you here. You are incredibly qualified to be on this podcast, and I am so happy that you are here today. Would you like to introduce yourself briefly? Of course. Hey, everybody. My name is Emily Batty. I am the current 2022 Miss Puerto Rico Collegiate America I'm a student at Belmont University in the Honors College studying neuroscience, and I'm also the founder and CEO of the international nonprofit Stop the Silence. Incredible. Would you like to tell us more about what you've been doing in college so far? I'd love to hear more about that. Absolutely. Yes. So I'm very passionate about science. I am studying neuroscience, which is basically just the science of the brain. So it's very similar to doing like a biology or pre-med track but it just kind of focuses a little bit more on the brain than a more basic major, but it's, it's super fun. Um, it's not the easiest major. I will say that I spend a lot of my time studying, but it is so worth it. Um, my goal is to be a neurologist and I'm hoping to um, really focus on neuromuscular diseases. I had a really close family friend pass away from ALS. And ever since then, I was very interested in it. And I really wanted to be a part of the efforts to find a cure. And so I'm an advocate right now for the ALS Association. But my um, research that I'm doing right now in college is all about ALS and trying to find a cure for it. So I'm having fun doing that. And I am hoping to continue to be able to do that for the rest of my life. That is so great. I'm so happy you shared more about that. Can you tell us what ALS is? Because I honestly don't know much about it. Yeah, so a lot of people know it as Lou Gehrig's disease, but it's called amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. So basically, it's a degenerative disease of the motor neuron. So your motor neuron is what gives you like voluntary muscle movement. So you're able to, you know, move your arm up and down, it kind of gives you your freedom to um, live about your life. And so what happens to these patients is, it's kind of like a, a disease similar to like cancer. So you look at it, as you know, the only thing in common, the only commonality that you have is that everyone is losing their voluntary muscle movements due to the death of the motor neuron. So each case is very different, which is why it's so difficult to cure because everyone's having the same reaction, but we don't know really what's causing it. A lot of it can be genetic issues. It just, you kind of have to break it down to the cellular level, which is what I'm trying to do right now in my research. But um, basically what happens is an individual starts losing their ability to walk, to talk, and ultimately to breathe. Um, and so it's a very slow and painful death and there is no cure right now, which is why I'm so passionate about trying to find one. Um, but it is a disease that has really affected my life and it has affected the way that I view the world. And I'm really just looking forward to trying to um, help individuals. I know that Miss Lisa, who was um, my family friend that lost her life to ALS, she told me, um, I was watching her suffer. She's losing her freedom, her ability to even eat by herself. And she told me if I can just help one person, 
through my story, that will be enough for me. And that is really what has inspired me to go into a field that is very difficult. If I can just help one person change their story, because finding a cure for ALS is not just one size fits all. It's going to be finding a solution for each individual person and their circumstance. And to do that causes, it's a lot of hard work and a lot of patience for a very, you know, small impact. But I think that you realize that small impact changes someone's entire life. So just helping one person and changing that from one person into you know, millions of people, that is my goal. Well, I'm so happy you shared that with us. I think it's so incredible to have someone as ambitious as you are also with like such a great story. You're very clearly very well-spoken and intelligent. And you know, also you just have this super kind heart. And I think all of that pairs really well. And I think you will absolutely be able to accomplish everything that you've just told us you aspire to do. So I love to hear that. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah, I think that it's really important to have passion behind what you're doing, especially going into STEM, because it's very tiring. It's not always going to be easy. I've always had a really strong science background and really enjoyed science. But to be able to be successful on the collegiate level and beyond, you really have to have passion, because burnout is real. And you just have to remember why you're doing it in the first place I think my passion to really help people especially with ALS and similar neuromuscular diseases I think is what really is keeping me going in the you know hard times when I have a whole bunch of tests at once I know this morning I had a test and I was not excited about getting up early getting to campus at 8 a.m to take it but I think just remembering um why you're doing it in the first place and just taking every class every test one step at a time not getting overwhelmed with, oh, no, like I have so much to do in the future, but just really focusing on on the now and staying in the moment is really important. Well, that's great advice, especially for me as a junior in high school and, you know, other girls who might be in a similar situation to me, just knowing like we have a longer path ahead. If you don't already know, I'm hoping to become a pediatrician. And so similar to you, that is a long path in college. But it's great to hear, you know, all these tips from you and other people. I'm in um, an extracurricular club called Pre-Med Club right now. And we have med students who run it along with some doctors and surgeons who come on. And getting all of their advice has been really incredible. And, you know, just all those tidbits, like what you just offered is great to know. And it's definitely something that personally sticks with me, at least. I don't know if it sticks with other people as much, but everything you know, all these guest speakers and career shadowings and things that I'm taking advantage of now. It's like everything is just sticking with me, just like you were just saying. So. Right. Exactly. I think that that's so awesome. You want to be a pediatrician. I definitely have thought about working with pediatrics. Um, Something that I think is really important to keep in mind for people that want to go into medicine is that you don't really know exactly what you want to do until you really get it to experience it. And I'm still in an undergrad. So I have not had any sort of residency. And I'm not sure like exactly like I have a passion, I definitely want to be a neurologist, but I think like, until I go into med school, and I really know so just like keeping that open mind and knowing like, you know, my ambition may change a little bit, but I'm still going to be able to help people. And I'm still going to be able to do great things. It's so important. I think when you're too set on one thing, sometimes like if things don't go your way, it's, it's really upsetting. So I think just keeping that open mind, but also like setting yourself up for success and being able to have clubs like that and meet med students and doctors and surgeons who are able to mentor you and like steer you in the right direction is so important. So that's what kind of got me to neurology was 
um, having mentors and having people in my life talk to me about what it's really like in the goods and the bads. And so I think that's so important um, in everything that you do in life, but especially in medicine to stay driven. It's not a career. It's not a major for the faint of heart. You just have to be um, really driven and know that you're not going to know everything and that's okay. And that there's always going to be room for learning. So um, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room because you're never going to grow from that. So just surrounding yourself with people that have had experience, who know more than you, who have um, have insight to offer you because there's always new things coming out and there's always new discoveries. So I think like that's one of the biggest draws to me for this profession is knowing that there's always going to be room to learn and grow. I'll never get to a point where, you know, I know everything is, everything's going to be good. Just always having those mentors and always being able to grow and to help other people grow in the process. Yeah, I'm so happy that you brought that up. And I think it's something that we can hear a lot, but it's great how you went into depth and kind of made it sound, you know, a lot better. So (laughs) great job with that. Um, So can you tell us a little bit about high school for you? Do you know what you wanted to do when you were in high school? Like, yeah, absolutely. This is, this is something I'm actually really passionate about. And I kind of want to speak to everyone. So I think that I always knew that I wanted to go into medicine. Um, I always had just a fascination with it. I just kind of knew like, I think God just put like a little bit, little signs in my life where I knew that's what I wanted to do. My mom's a nurse, so she's been able to really kind of help me know more about the medical field from her perspective. She's been, you know, in the ER, she just had a lot of experience in that way. And so she's kind of given me insight in on it my entire life. But I was kind of, I've always been super girly. I was a cheerleading captain. I was very athletic. And I felt like people would always underestimate me. And even though I did make really good grades in high school, I felt like people just didn't see me as anything more than, oh, she's a cheerleader. She could never be successful in the medical field. And I think I allowed that for a long time to dictate the way that I thought about myself. And so something I kind of want to share with everyone that's listening to this is that Um, One of the greatest pieces of advice I've ever heard in my life is it is oftentimes that other people won't underestimate you, but even more common that people will underestimate themselves. So I think that you have to remember you have to believe in yourself first before um, you can expect anyone else to believe in you. So you have to be your biggest cheerleader sometimes. And um, when it comes to the medical field, I truly believe that absolutely anyone can do it. What really separates someone that graduates at the top of their class from someone who doesn't make it through is not how intelligent you are from the start, but how, how hard your worth ethic is, your belief in yourself and your willingness to learn and to grow and to know that you don't know everything. So I think like in high school and growing up, a lot of the people that I consider my closest friends were the biggest discouragers in my life. And that caused me for, for a little bit of time, I was like, oh, I'm going to do business. And I knew that that wasn't where my passion la- was lying. But I thought like, oh, I think I, I can do this instead of looking at medicine saying, you know, this is going to be a challenge, but I absolutely have the capability. So I'm proud to say that I have a 4.0 college GPA right now. I'm on the president's list and I've been working my butt off. That doesn't mean it was easy. It doesn't mean that I wasn't crying sometimes because it just all seemed too much, but I kept that worth ethic. And I think remembering why you're starting and um, sometimes even just the thought of like proving people wrong, saying I am more than what you think I am. And so I guess anyone that's listening to this, if you have people in your life that are bringing you down, that make you feel like you're not capable of reaching your dreams, then you need to reevaluate your friendships because 
that kind of was a roadblock on my way to success was letting those voices of people saying, you're nothing more than a pageant girl, or, you know, I've never met a doctor that was like you because I am a very girly girl and that's okay. It doesn't matter. There's no like mold that a doctor has to fit or someone in the medical field has to fit. Like you can do anything that you want to do. So like I might have, you know, a rhinestone stethoscope, but that doesn't make me any less of a doctor. (laughs) So I think that just don't let people stereotype you because I am so sad that I allowed that to control my confidence. So I think, you know, going into school, you know, studying neuroscience, like I get, I get so many reactions from people. And then I say, you know what, I actually do really well in this. And this is what I want to do. And here's my research. And they, they realize like, you can't just box, put someone in a box because they do pageants or because they're girly or whatever it may be. So that's my message to all of y'all is to be mindful of your friends and to believe in yourself first and foremost in everything that you do. I can relate to a lot of what you just said a lot, honestly, about being a really girly girl, but also having, you know, such a strong passion in STEM ever since I was younger and all of those types of things and having people tell me like, oh, you can only do one thing. You can be a model or you can be a doctor or I've actually had people say that to me or, you know, other things like that at school. Like when I make make new friends, they just automatically assume like from, I don't know, my Instagram or how I dress at school wearing like a jean skirt or something. And they'll just, you know, make those assumptions kind of innocently. But, you know, if enough people do it, it kind of stocks up and you start to think these things about yourself. But, you know, really, you can be anything you want if you work hard enough. And that's the message that I've been trying to spread this year. I was interviewed um, for a newspaper article, and that was sort of my big take-home message at the end of the article. My advice for all the younger like students out there in the community where that newspaper was being published, and I think it's just something to really realize, just as Emily was saying, if you work hard, you really can do anything. Absolutely. That's something that my mom has instilled in me from as long as I can remember, and I think that it took me such a long time, really up until recently, to really believe that, that, you know, things are nothing worth having is easy. And that comes with every aspect of your life. That's being a good athlete. That's with winning a pageant. That's with doing well in school. And college is not easy, especially because I entered in during COVID. And so it was like a lot of unknowns. It was really hard to make friends. And I kind of felt alone a lot of the time. But I think just remembering that um, college is for growing as a person and that, you know, you're no longer on those people that used to put you in that box. So it doesn't mean that my college experience has been perfect. There's definitely been people in my own department that have um, treated me differently or, you know, made assumptions about me based on the way I look or the things that I like. But I think that being able to prove them wrong has honestly been um, something fun to do. So that's my challenge to all of you is to prove these people wrong because it's a great feeling when Um, you defy their assumptions of you let them assume you know work hard and let people assume and then you come out successful and you let them see that they were wrong and that's quite a fun thing to do I think if God calls you to do something that you need to go do it and you don't worry about what other people think absolutely and something this is all making me think of is the movie Legally Blonde I'm not sure if other people know but it is my favorite movie um I can give a little recap for listeners who don't know but this girl named Elle Woods she's like a model she places like first runner up at a pageant things like that she's very girly she wears all pink and her boyfriend actually 
um, just doesn't think she's smart enough to date. Like he thinks her personality is bland. And so she decides she wants to go to Harvard to be a lawyer. So she's a fashion major and she switches to Harvard um, to go to law school. And it is absolutely crazy. They think that she won't get in, but by some miracle she does. And she graduates top of her class at the end and becomes a lawyer. She does the whole thing while wearing like pink blazer sets and high heels and with her dog in her purse. And, you know, there's an iconic picture of her on a treadmill with like her textbook open, like studying and staying fit at the same time. And she's just a great role model because, you know, at the end, of course, her boyfriend wants her back, but then she's gone through like this whole transformation journey where she's able to finally believe in herself and she doesn't want him back. And I think it's a really cool like girl boss movie about like a girly girl lawyer. And so I definitely recommend it to anyone who hasn't seen it. Yeah, I love that movie. That's a great example. But I think, you know, just in general, like any profession um, in the medical field, I feel like it's not popular to be feminine that that's looked down upon sometimes. And um, it's important to just stand your ground and don't change who you are to try to fit a stereotype because that is doing no one any good. So I think um, just not listening to the voices of other people around you is so important. And Legally Blonde is a great example of that. Just um, allowing yourself to be, to like different things. You can like science and you can be girly. There's so many things that um, the world has to offer. And I think God makes us all different and we have our individual talents and the things that we like, and we shouldn't um, shy away from those things to fit other people's perception of what a doctor is, because truly like you can define what a doctor is as long as you work hard and um, you know, you, you try your best to help other people and to serve other people, because at the end of the day, a doctor is a servant. A doctor is someone that helps other people all day long. So I think that whether you go into research or, you know, you work in a hospital, you have your own practice, it's important to know that you're a servant first and foremost, and just having a heart for people and really listening and hearing people out and knowing that you don't know everything. It's just very important. Definitely. And I think you did a great job touching on all of that. So we've kind of talked about this a little bit already about being really girly and having, you know, different passions that people might not think you would have, I guess. But um, we didn't really touch on gender inequality in STEM. And I don't know if that's something you've experienced, but as a 17 year old in like science-based classes, I have personally noticed it. So what has been your experience with that? Yeah, absolutely. So I think that it's really important that like all types of people are represent, represented in the STEM field. Um, for me at my school, I go to Belmont University, which is a little bit of a smaller science department. And I'm able to see both men and women flourish in the field and the people there are really awesome. And I think that a lot of times what I see more so often is girls trying to um, conform to this more masculine stereotype in order to kind of fit that mold. Like I was talking about before, and in order to um, gain respect from their peers, I think that there's a lot of pressure on women in STEM to be kind of better. And because like, it's not as common to see um, a woman make it through in, you know, in medical school, I think that the statistics show that um, men are more successful and so women feel that pressure and they um, try to kind of fit the stereotype and be um, more of like what masculinity is perceived and I think it's just important to um, not listen to that kind of stuff because 
you know, at the end of the day, um, it's important to represent a woman in whatever way you see fit and you don't need to change who you are, change what you like to um, conform to that stereotype. So that's something I've definitely seen. Um, I think oftentimes like um, other men in the department do not take me seriously. Um, and they sometimes will put aside my ideas. Like if we're working on a group project, I've noticed like sometimes my ideas are kind of put aside, like I'll, I'll provide a solution to a problem and they'll say, no, that's not right. And kind of talk about their own thing, but you know, they come to the end of it and they come to the same conclusion I did, you know, several minutes later. And it's just kind of funny that um, people just assume based on the way I look, maybe what gender I am, whatever it is that um, I'm not, I don't know things or that I'm not as smart as them. So I think that just being kind of um, a silent hard worker is the way I combat that. Just work really hard and um, let people assume, like I said before, and then you just kind of end up coming out on top. So I think um, not really, I think people get too caught up in the profession about worrying about what other people think of them. Um, and I don't think that that matters at all. I think just working hard um, and you know, showing, having people make assumptions about you and then showing them with your grades or the success that you do or the discoveries that you make, whatever it may be, just not worrying too hard about proving yourself in like the words you say or like being necessarily aggressive is necessary. Yeah, absolutely. And there's a lot of girls who are shy who absolutely would let this really bother them or not feel comfortable being as assertive, just as you were mentioning. And so it's great how you kind of offered your own advice, I guess, um, of what you do. And that would really be let your hard work speak for itself is what it sounds like. And I think that's a great option to bring up because I have this episode that I've been planning that'll probably come out sometime like May or June called A Shy Girl's Guide to Combating Bullying. And it's just going to provide all these options for girls who are shy to, you know, handle bullying and similar situations in a way that they're comfortable with. Because as someone who's grew up extremely shy myself, I knew I wasn't comfortable always just going to a teacher or you know, confronting the bully and being assertive like that. And so I'm, you know, sort of taking a long time to plan the special episode that I'll just do by myself to go out there with all these techniques. And so I love that you brought this up, you know, already. And I think that's a great solution, letting your hard work speak for itself and then not, you know, you really can't care what other people think just because you got to do what makes you happy. You got to follow your own passions and, you know, you might never ever see these people again after, you know, these four years or whatever it may be. Exactly. I think that's really important. And that's something I've dealt with a lot is the difference between, and I was really shy growing up as well. I think the difference between me now and the confidence level I have now and me even two years ago is not allowing other people's voices to change my perception of myself because I even get it from professors. I think that um, with your, especially your first years in a pre-med track, they're trying to kind of weed people out and they're trying to see like who can handle the pressure because it's, it is a lot of pressure being a doctor um, and even getting into med medical school and going to med school, you have to have a lot of drive and you have to be very resilient you have to, I mean, you're going to make mistakes. And so I think that they try to weed people out. And a lot of the times they do that by um, their words, you know, saying things that scare you or making you doubt yourself and you have to be able to push past that. And I think that's the life lesson that we all have to learn is like, you know, it's okay to be sensitive, but you have to 
recognize like God called me to this profession. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. And I'm going to work hard and I'm going to do well. And, you know, even if there's hiccups along the way, you just have to keep pushing through and you have to go day by day. And I think allowing, you know, even entertaining other people's opinions is is okay if that's what you want to do. And I think that there needs to be a lot of women that, you know, voice those things. But I think like, um, it's almost sometimes a waste of time to, you know, let my classmates say, you know, they say something rude to me, I'm not going to argue with them, I'm just going to, you know, look the other way, and I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to show them instead of telling them, I'm going to show them that they were wrong. And I think that's some of the most satisfying things I've ever um, dealt with is, you know, yeah. having people tell me I can't do something and, and coming out and being able to do it. I think that's the best way to prove people wrong and, and show them that, you know, they're stereotyping their assumptions were not correct. And that I and um, and, you know, any woman, anybody that's considered the underdog, I think you need to um, think about that is that's your power is being the underdog um, and letting people you know, look past you because that's when you're able to rise above and you're really able to make a statement for people that are like you, for other women that um, you don't need to be loud. You don't need to be the loudest voice in the room to make the biggest impact. I absolutely agree with that. And I love that you're such a strong female role model right now, because I think having, it's, I think I don't like, it's not about having a, like all women in STEM. It's not about that at all. It's just about having you know, these equal opportunities, eliminating these stereotypes and, you know, getting things like equal pay started out, started out as well. But I think a great way to do that is having people like you in the classroom who aren't necessarily being super aggressive, but just showing up, putting the work in and being successful. And yeah, I, I just love to hear everything that you've been doing with that. I love that you said you're super girly and that, you know, you dress how you like you know, you're a gorgeous young woman. Like, I believe you're a model, right? Yes, I I have done some modeling for fun. And a pageant girl. And I just love that, you know, you really embody what it's like to be a woman in 2022. And I think that's amazing. Absolutely. I think defying stereotypes and um, being a body positive person, being um, someone that um, embraces diversity is someone that embraces all kinds of people. And so I think um, defying stereotypes is the best way to combat um, people with negative opinions. So just proving them wrong. A lot of people have negative opinions on pageant girls and like to put them in a box. But I think, you know, we're in STEM. There's so many pageant girls that are doing amazing things. Um, And so I think it's just important to show them that their assumptions are wrong. And I think pageantry is also another place that that can happen because, you know, people have that stereotype of what a pageant girl is. And I can tell you from experience, it is the complete opposite. I've met some of the most intelligent, kind and caring and successful women um, in my life that has really pushed me to be a better woman through pageantry. Definitely. And my experience at my first ever pageant, which was last June at Miss Maine Teen USA, I met so many inspiring females from a biomedical engineer. She was actually on one of our episodes. Um, I met, you know, a full-time model working in Maine, which I didn't think was possible because it's really hard to find modeling jobs in Maine. And (laughs) there were all sorts of people from all different professions, real estate agents and everything. And it was really cool to see their success. And a lot of them were just, you know, a handful of years older, 
Um, the ages are 14 to 28 for that competition. And so seeing people kind of all within a similar age range within me being really successful in the same state and town that I've been in has been really, really cool for me. Um, but just like you were saying, having all these role models and interesting people who aren't your stereotypical girl who have really great personalities and insanely big aspirations has been a really rewarding experience. And I definitely recommend pageants to anyone, honestly. Yeah, absolutely. It is like introduced me to the most diverse group of girls I've ever met in my life that have taught me so many important life lessons and have helped me be successful. Some of my best friends who have like really pushed me to be the best version of myself come from pageantry. And I can say like, I would not be the, the woman I am today, not only through pageantry, but because of the people that I've met. Um, my best friends are from Arizona and Kentucky. So it's like, so sad because I don't get to see them all the time. But I mean, I talk to them every single day. And if it wasn't for pageantry, I wouldn't know them. So I thank God every day that I was put into pageantry because it really um, put me on a road to success from a young age. It taught me that academic excellence was very important, that, um, you know, there's a lot of awards at pageants. You get scholarships and you get awarded for doing well in school. And so I always had the drive to to do well in school. And that led me to be able to have scholarships, um, not only from pageantry, but from my university and, and allowed me to be able to go to a university where I'm able to I've set myself up to go to medical school and I'm so thankful for that. And if it wasn't for pageantry, I don't know if I would have that same drive. Absolutely. And that's part of the reason why I picked the Miss High School America organization to be a part of was because of their scholarships they offer. As a state title holder right now, Miss Maine High, I received a $96,000 scholarship to Hollins University. And so did all the other state title holders in the high school division which was really cool. And it made me start looking into that school and what they have to offer because that is such a big scholarship. Yeah, it's 24K for your renewable. And it's so awesome, honestly. And, you know, even if I didn't have any money to go to college, having that opportunity would absolutely be life-changing for a girl. And I wouldn't have known if I hadn't, you know, just Googled, scholarship pageants and this one came right up and so you know after lots of research I absolutely feel confident in the decision I made to be here and you know I'm doing this podcast meeting amazing sister queens like you and it's been absolutely a life-changing experience yeah absolutely um I love the Miss High School America organization because of its emphasis on um, being a really well-rounded individual and being the best version of you. I don't think there's a mold that can fit who a Miss Collegiate America would be or a Miss High School America. It's more about being the best version of you and um, being able to bring that to the table so you're able to instill confidence um, in other girls. I think that's so amazing and I'm so excited to be a part of such an amazing organization. I've already met some, some, I mean, just wonderful girls that have um, encouraged me in so many different ways and kind of welcomed me in as it's my first year. Um, and I just feel so welcomed and excited to get a little rock and I'm so excited to meet you too. Oh, <laughs> what are you most excited for about pageant weekend? I know that's oh a tough goodness. question. Okay, there are so <laughs> many things. I love interview. I will say like, I love to go into interview and talk to the judges and just have a chance to talk about the different things that I've worked hard for to achieve in my life. 
Um, I will say I'm super excited for the excursion day. I'm going to go zip lining, so I'm really excited for that. I think it'll be so much fun. Um, I actually am a little bit afraid of heights, but I love to do things <laughs> that scare me because I feel like it's just such an adrenaline rush. So I'm definitely going to do that. So keep an eye out for that. It'll be funny. <laughs> Honestly, I think those would be my two answers as well, even though there are so many other really cool things that we're going there to do. Um, I've never been ziplining before, and I think it'll be really fun. I can be kind of a bit of a scaredy cat, like you're saying, but, you know, if we don't try new things, we'll never grow and we'll never evolve into like a different, hopefully better person. And so it's great that we're both like trying something new. And then as for interview, it's great to express, you know, the personality part of it. And a lot of people actually don't even know that there's an interview portion or even like onstage question portion to pageants. As I've recently found out, pageants are not really a thing in my small town or even state. They're not really known about. And I've had some um, underclassmen at school come up to me and say, oh, like, what do you do? Do you walk on a stage like in a dress? Like, what do you even do there? And it's like, oh, my goodness. No, there's so much more. And, you know, I get to tell them about interview and how great that is and onstage question and even other elements of the pageant that aren't scored, but, you know, kind of looked upon. And it's really, really cool. Yeah, exactly. I think that, and, you know, growing up, sometimes my family members would be skeptical, like, when is pageantry? What are you doing? But um, it's allowed me to be really well-spoken. And, you know, it's helped me with interviews to get scholarships. It has helped me to be confident in myself and my capabilities. Um, it's taught me to be articulate. It's taught me to um, to value making relationships with other people. I think that one of the biggest lessons I've learned is that true success is being able to celebrate um, another woman's accomplishments without taking away from your self-worth. I think being able to cheer my friends on um, in, in their endeavors has been one of the most rewarding and exciting things is to like know someone from their little girl. And, you know, we all share the same dream and then watching them make that happen and almost feels like your own success. So I think that um, that has been one of the amazing, most amazing parts of pageantry. It's taught me um, to be humble and to remember where I came from and that, you know, sometimes things are discouraging, but I think learning from, to bounce back from failure is so important, especially for us going into the medical field, because you, I mean, you just have to be resilient. And so I think like pageantry teaches you that resilience and, you know, maybe it wasn't your time this time, but let's work, work harder and go back and try again. So I think all of those things are so valuable. Um, it's so much more than winning a crown and, Um, A lot of people have that perception that it's just about the crown or that we're all catty, but I think that there's been the most genuine friendships I've ever made in my life have definitely come from pageantry. Yeah, for sure. And just before we move on, I wanted to ask real quick, how old are you if you don't mind sharing? Yeah, so I'm 20 years old. I'm a sophomore in college right now. Um, I just turned 20, so that's, that's kind of weird for me to say. Um, but I'm enjoying the first year of my 20s um, and you know it's, it's been really fun so that's perfect I think it's great for our listeners to know how old the speakers are because sometimes I do have like engineers come on or people who are younger than I am and I think it's really cool just for girls to relate or gain new role models and so I just wanted to share that really quick but I would like to kind of switch into Brave now so Brave is our pageants national anti-bullying platform and so what has been your experience with bullying Emily? Absolutely and so I think 
things that go hand in hand. So like, like I talked about um, Miss Lisa and her story and how she told me if she could help one person, that would be enough for her as I watch her like kind of suffer. So um, my story is that I became a survivor of sexual assault when I was really young and I didn't really understand what had happened to me and it um, stripped me of my confidence. I think when you're a young woman, you're stripped of your confidence and, you know, you don't really know what's going on and you become really susceptible to bullying. And that was my story. I ended up um, being victim of severe and uh, physical and emotional bullying for some time in my life. And that's, that really affected me and my confidence in myself. Um, and so um, I, through pageantry and through the message of Brave, I was able to kind of find my confidence again. That's when I was, I was able to kind of instill that in other people. So um, building on what Miss Lisa said, she said if she could just help one person. So I kind of adopted that as my motto in life. Let me just help one person, like honor her memory. Let me do this. So I decided to make a little campaign called Stop the Silence. Um, I didn't really think it would become anything. Um, and I ended up being able to um, speak on a national broadcast about it. And it grew faster than I could even think of. Um, so now it is an international nonprofit that's in 14 countries in every state in the U.S. It's something that I'm so proud of. It's just like, it's just an example of God working in my life and using me. I think that it's so important to believe in yourself and to step outside of your comfort zone and to, to not let fear take hold of you. And so I'm so excited that I'm able to help people from the age of five. I worked with little girls from the age five all the way up to women in their 30s and um, I've been able to do some amazing things and travel to colleges and speak on bullying. I think a lot of times with sexual assault people don't realize the after effects and the things that women have to deal with and so we have things like eating disorder clinics and we talk about bullying and how to how to rebuild your confidence and regain your voice. I think that learning to speak up for yourself it's something that is lost in these women that have been sexually assaulted or have been abused in their lives. So I think just learning to stand up for yourself and to know that you are worthy of being loved and you are, you are worth it. And so I think that teaching that in little girls has been amazing. And that's something I've been able to incorporate is the national platform of brave because it is so important to um, respect everyone, to value everyone and their worth and that they're here for a purpose and that, um, no matter your background, no matter where you came from, everyone has a place. And so Stop the Silence is just this big melting pot of a whole bunch of different women and actually some men um, from different backgrounds all sharing this like common story of all having to overcome an obstacle in their lives and coming out greater. So we offer so many different programs for young women who are um, coming out of things or young women that want to get involved and share their stories. So it has been the biggest blessing of my life and something that has been so amazing to share and something I want to continue doing as Miss Puerto Rico Collegiate. That is so amazing and I'm on your Instagram for that right now and it looks like you have a lot of followers getting really close to 1,500 which is really impressive for a platform so it looks like you've made a really big impact with this so far so congratulations to all that you've done with you Thank know your you so international much. nonprofit. that is something to be so 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 proud of I think you were doing really important work and it sounds like you're touching Thank so many you. people's life and yeah you should be extremely proud of yourself for all of that yeah we're only we're only one year old which is crazy to say wow. so it has been yeah it's we have not been around for super long but um I just think 
it's just God's plan for my life was bigger than I could have ever imagined. And so I just think running with it. Um, and as it started to grow, I was like, well, I guess I'm going to have to grow with it. And so I've been able to have such a transformation in my confidence and ability to just talk about my story. I used to be so quiet. I used to be afraid of people and I didn't want to talk. And I think just through this organization, not only have I been able to change other girls' lives, but my life has been changed by my interactions with other women. I think it's really important to know that a lot of women have um, dealt with sexual assault. I believe the statistic is five in seven women. So that's a, that's a lot of women um, and men that have dealt with this. And so I think that just knowing that there are so many people um, in your life that are kind of silent warriors who are overcoming these things and that you're not alone. It's the biggest thing is isolation. So just knowing you're not alone and whatever you're dealing with, whether that's bullying, sexual assault, just overcoming anything in your life, you're not alone. There's someone that has had a similar experience and can kind of speak into your life and help you navigate that. So that's something that Stop the Silence seeks to do is to work with anyone overcoming an obstacle in their life. I'm um, giving them counseling resources or just someone to talk to. It's really important. Absolutely. And something that my Miss, Miss Man Collegiate advocates for is talking about, you know, all the things that we're going through. And that's really how you normalize and destigmatize things. And with your platform, I think girls can, or anyone really can just want to keep quiet about it. And it can be something that's kind of uncomfortable to talk about, but I love all the work that you're doing to say like, Hey, like, let's talk about it. Here are, you know, people like you who are role models and you're providing great resources. And it's, it's awesome that you're doing all of this work to help others feel more comfortable because I'm sure, you know, you created it because there weren't really things like that out there when you were going through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that something that's so important is having like resources um, for young, young children that are going through sexual assault. I feel like a lot of times these organizations are more steered towards older women or um, just people at different stages of their lives, but there are little girls out there that really need help. And so I've actually had um, several little ones reach out to me through Instagram. So something that's so important to me is just making sure everything's family friendly and appropriate for little girls, because there are so many little girls and boys out there that need help, but don't know how to find those resources. So I've been able to um, speak into those lots. It's been one of the most rewarding, but also some of the saddest stories I've ever heard in my life. Um, so I think that it's just important to have bystander education to help people be able to um, see the signs of sexual assault, see the signs of this abuse and be able to um, help remove young children from these situations because um, it is so easy just to fall into silence, to be embarrassed, to feel ashamed and to not know what to do. I know that if I had a role model when I was younger, that would have really changed my life and um, made my story, um, you know, me get out of a bad situation a lot quicker. So I'm very glad that I'm able to be that role model that I needed when I was a little girl and to really help um, young children know that they're not defined by the things that happen to them and that they can come out of it and they can help other people as well. Well, that is such a great story. And I love how, you know, passionate and how much heart you have for all of the causes that you're involved in. I think it's, that's very inspiring in and of itself, how goal-oriented you are. And I'm, you know, I can definitely say from just meeting you like right now, it's reflected really well um, just throughout, you know, how you talk and how excited you get about things. And so, yeah, I love that. 
Thank you so much. Yeah. So I think my last question or last kind of thing we will talk about today will be what would be your biggest advice to someone who's being bullied? Um, My biggest advice to someone who's being bullied is to not allow the opinions of others to ruin their own self-confidence, to stand firm in who you are and whose you are, and to know that um, you are stronger than the situation you're facing. I feel like sometimes it feels like you're alone and that no one cares or no one sees you. And I think it's important to know that things will get better. And it's very important to stand up for yourself and to get help and that there's no shame in asking for help because, you know, we're not meant to live this life alone. Um, And so there's so many resources out there that can help you no matter what situation you're facing. So I think my biggest advice is just to stand firm in who you are and to know that, um, you know, a lot of times bullies hurt people because they're hurting or they've been through difficult situations in their lives so trying to see compassion through that it's never an excuse but I think that sometimes like people single you out because maybe they're jealous of you or you know you're different from them and they just don't understand things so I think just to know that humans are flawed and sometimes we make bad decisions or we say things we don't mean but that doesn't take away from your self-worth or you know how strong you are so just get the help you need surround yourself with good people who love you and care for you because those people are out there And don't allow people to treat you any less than what you deserve because you only deserve the best. You only deserve support and people who love you. Well, that is a great way to end our episode. I think you talked about so many great things and it is so amazing to hear everything that you've been doing so far. And I cannot wait to see what the future has in store for you. I will definitely continue to follow your journey even after both of our time is done in the Miss High School America organization. So before you go, would you like to drop your Instagram handle so everyone can check out all of the things that you've been up to? Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys want to follow Stop the Silence, it's just at Stop the Silence Org on Instagram. We are accepting ambassadors. We're accepting college representatives right now. We have so many programs that we're about to launch this summer. So I'm so excited about that. If you guys want to follow and send a DM, if you want to get involved, there are so many ways to get involved, be able to help people. Um, Also, my personal Instagram is just at emily.batty. And then my collegiate America Instagram is misspcollegiate. So if you guys want to follow me, that would be awesome. But I love being on this podcast. I love talking to you. um, And I'm so excited to follow your journey as well. I think you're going to be very successful. um, And I can't wait to watch it happen. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that you came on today. This has been such an exciting episode. And so everyone who's listening, definitely make sure to check out all of her Instagram. She has great content going up regularly. And as always, you can follow Brave X Empower on Instagram at Brave X Empower. And you can listen on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And we look forward to having you listen to another episode. Thank you. Bye.